Welcome back for another episode of the Beyond Body podcast. I'm your host, Mia Findlay, an eating disorder survivor, advocate, and recovery coach. And this podcast is all about motivating, inspiring, and most importantly, getting real about recovery. As always, I acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which I am seated and recording today, the Gadigal people. I send my respect to all elders and ancestors and any First Nations people listening. In today's episode, I am joined by eating disorder recovery coach Anne Claire, who is certified with the Carolyn Coston Institute and actually works in my practice beyond body as one of my coaches doing phenomenal work with clients every single day. There's a few reasons why I wanted to talk to Anne Claire. First and foremost, Anne Claire is an incredibly direct and compassionate coach. It is part of why I hired her. They're two words that I look for when hiring new coaches, direct and compassionate. And philosophically, we're just very much aligned. But I also wanted to dive into her experience of her eating disorder and recovery because of the power of lived experience. It is very important to me through my platforms to provide as many examples of recovery as possible because you're not going to see yourself in just a few you're going to see yourself across a multitude of examples we dive into Anne Claire's eating disorder history her path to recovery what appealed to her about becoming a coach her experience in the Carolyn Coston Institute course and we even provide some advice for anybody considering becoming an eating disorder recovery coach if you're interested in working with any of our coaches all you need to do is go to beyondbodycoach.com and submit a form with your details. Some of us have wait lists, but we will certainly be able to find somebody for you who has availability and we'll be in touch with you as soon as that becomes possible. Let's get into the episode. And Claire, thank you so much for having a chat with me today. Obviously, we do a lot of stuff together offline uh, as part of the Beyond Body practice and working together as far as the stuff that we do with clients behind the scenes. But I always love to introduce people to uh, examples of lived experience and uh, especially people who go on to give back. And you are certainly an example of that because I have seen with my own two eyes the difference that you are making in the recoveries of people who are going through the process you and I have gone through. So thank you for being here today. Uh, To kick off, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your eating disorder history? What sort of was happening before you reached the point of going into recovery? Sure, yeah. Um, Well, first of all, thank you for having me and for your kind words. Uh, So how, what happened with me? I might, so if if I go back in time, as early as I can think of, uh, I was, I felt like I was in a bigger body pretty early on as a child. So, you know, the kind of comments where it's like, oh, you're a bit bigger, you're heavier than the other kids at school. I remember specifically being ashamed. I think I was six or seven of my weight already, which is when I think back, I just find that horrible and so sad. Then fast forward a few years, I'm a teen. I go on my first proper diet. I am quote unquote successful at it. And it kind of stays again, quote unquote reasonable. (laughs) I diet, I lose the weight, continue with my life. 
again, fast forward a few years, finished university, got my master's degree, start working in finance. Everything sounds and looks perfect. Uh, and then everything basically goes to shit. <laughs> so I decided, well, this isn't enough. I may be successful on paper, but I'm not thin enough. I'm not pretty enough. I feel very much inadequate, insufficient. It's like, oh yeah, you're doing, again, quote unquote, perfectly with life, but you don't have the body to show for it, like to show that, yes, you are. And so again, went on what I thought was just going to be another diet, except uh, that did not go to plan and I developed a full-blown eating disorder. So that's how I got there. Um, of course, I took a, a few, good few years before I admitted to myself it was an issue. Then it took another little while for me to tell someone about it. Um, I was so shameful um, once I did reach out for help. So I kept it really secret. Like I was really, really shameful of it. But thankfully, I had a partner that was extremely supportive. And basically, I went up to him and said, here's what I do with food. And he looked up at me and said, oh, well, why don't you go and see a therapist? <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Like, it was the sweetest thing to, to tell me. Mm -hmm. And the nicest thing, no judgment, no nothing. Kind of like, so anyway, oh, you got but, a cold? Go and see your doctor. Yeah. But I mean... <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I still can't believe how lucky I am that I was with someone who reacted mm -hmm. so neutrally, but like with a lot of care, of, obviously, but didn't make a fuss about it, didn't make me feel awful for even bringing it up. And on the contrary, he said that. Of course, I said, yeah, no, I'll, I'll deal with it on my own, <laughs> which did not work. So he reminded me of his gentle nudge several times over the, I don't know, the the following maybe four or five months and I was like okay I do need help reached out for help and I really dove into it so that's where my very driven perfectionistic uh character trait came in for good <laughs> because when, once I decided to recover or to to work on myself I didn't know recovery was a thing but I was like let's change this because this sucks Mm -hmm. uh, once I decided that I went in it and I was like, I'll do this. Like anything my therapist says I should do, I'll do it and I'll be uncomfortable and that's it. <laughs> that's fine. Um, so I did that and I recovered. So that's the story of like recovery, I guess, in mm -hmm. a nutshell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so, I think that it's such an important thing for people to know that it's, I mean, it's it's so rare that I don't really think I've come across anyone who's reported that they had a light bulb moment or they woke up and they were like, I'm over this or I want better for myself. It's more like a wearing down to, oh, this hasn't worked. That certainly was my experience. I was like, forget about right or wrong. This just hasn't worked. My eating disorder told me if I pursued all these things or I punished my body into a certain shape or size, then I would then be happy and comfortable and I would be confident and my brain would quieten down and it's only amplified, it's only gotten worse. So I think that's such an important thing for people to know that it is not about waiting for the letter from Hogwarts like you are ready now we are going to you know do this recovery thing 
yeah. it really is a bit of a process, right? It takes a bit of time to absorb those realizations. Oh, it definitely did. And for me, and I've shared that in, in the past with some other recovery coaches, I think personally, as long as I was only like restricting and doing all the stuff that is kind of accepted socially, I didn't even question that that it sucked, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, well, everyone does it. Of course it sucks. It's not easy. Everyone complains about it. Everyone talks about it. It's normal. Yeah. No questions. And it only, it's only when it got to re- pretty disgusting behaviors, um, you know, the ones where it's like, I, I, I was like, this is not normal. Like I, even I know this is not supposed to happen. And I know what's happening with my body is not what's supposed to be happening with my, my body is like, yeah. for, because for a while your body kind of still functions because it has your back and it still tries to do all the stuff that it's supposed to do. And then at some point it all doesn't anymore. And it's like, oh, okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe this isn't, this isn't okay. Yeah. That is such an important thing um, to touch on because I so often you'll hear from people, and I'm sure you hear this from your clients too, that I don't have any health markers. There's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> and you're like, they don't just show up incrementally. Like from one appointment to the next, a whole lot of stuff can go wrong. Or you could just use one behavior. We know that there are certain behaviors. You only have to use it once and your potassium levels can go so out of whack that you are immediately in imminent danger. So I share that with you as well. I, I never had any health markers until it there were more like I noticed overt behaviors and then things that were resulting from those overt behaviors where I was like, oh, this is this. I can't deny this. This one's hard to sweep under the rug. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and then you kind of have to face the stuff. <laughs> and honestly, I just went into like I just reached out because I was like, OK, like you said, this this really does not work. I was like, I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired mm-hmm. and that was it I was like I'm done like there's there's nothing here um I've, I feel like I've hit it like if, if there's a rock bottom I'm here and you know just please some anything different than this is going to be yeah. better than this but I didn't yeah. have some sort of like dream or something I was just like I'm just done I've, yeah. t- I've tried my best and this doesn't work so it's, it's, it's please, a bit of it's a bit of like radical surrender right when you're like even oh, if recovery is terrible i'll just take a different kind of terrible just 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 for variety like i just can't keep doing this type of terrible for much longer oh yeah i mean again it's, it's, that's sometimes what i share with clients like you don't have to have a big why like if, if you if you have a hard time envisioning what's what's coming and that it's going to be great i was like i didn't have one i was just like this sucks yeah so let's find something different even a little bit different that's going to be better than this um i I still work on the why but (laughs) as a coach but and it's about you know it's about just getting people to be curious about the why initially they don't have to have it before they go into recovery it's like that can be one of the enjoyable parts of recovery is waking up those parts of you which have been dormant which will become your why was there anything in your treatment or that a provider said to you or a certain thing that you did in uh sort of your recovery that was really like a 
a moment for you, a, a turning point or a piece of wisdom that was shared with you or a skill that was shared with you where you were like, this is a memorable moment in my recovery? Yeah, I have three, I guess. Um, two are actual moments. One is, is more of a practice that came out of it. Um, although number one is as well. Anyways, number one, journaling. The first time my therapist suggested it, I was like, nope, not into it. No, thank you. I'm, I'm not doing that. Uh, very like, I was like, okay, but not too much, right? <laughs> so she suggested uh, what she called 30 second journaling. So she was like, you'll only start by writing down what you think you feel, like one word, two words maybe, and then anything else about that day like just one word again she was like just 30 seconds so i went out and bought the smallest journal and like possible like you know those teeny tiny ones where probably people put i don't know like phone numbers or like passwords or something i bought that i was like this is I'll small. fill what i can put on a page here's my little matchbook journal but i'm journaling yeah 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 i love that yeah <laughs> that was exactly it um, but she was so right. And I actually upgraded to proper journaling as I, like, as I went along, I was like, oh, this, this kind of works. So something's happening. So maybe, maybe I'll upgrade to something a bit bigger. So I actually ended up buying a proper journal and started journaling. And that was really, I mean, I can even, I reread it not so long ago that bigger one. And I could read in the words like the, I'm coming back to these pages because something's happening when I write stuff and when I observe things. And when I, I would like pep talk myself in writing or like process things. Um, so that was a big one. Another big one was the first time I was massive into like perfectionism and black and white thinking. And then there's that one time my therapist said, but you know, all I'm asking is for you to try. It's fine. You, you won't do like 100% of not using the behavior. And I looked at her and I was like, um, I'm not a loser. <laughs> it's like, this is not what she's suggesting. She just wants to help you. You don't have to do everything or nothing. Because obviously that would get me into, well, this didn't work. So, you know, whatever. I'll just revert back to behaviors for the rest of the week. And it's like, well, this isn't helpful. So again, didn't like it when she said it in, in the session. And I was like, oh, okay, may maybe there's something there. <laughs> so that was a big one. And then she's the one um, who suggested planning activities just for the sake of it. Cause I did not know what I liked. I was empty, you know, when you're like, what do you like to do? And it's like, I don't know. I, I just, I genuinely don't know. I was like, I have nothing left in me. I was like, I have no, passion, no hobbies, no intuition, no interests, no nothing. I was like, everything that I do is just fake. I just like pretend I like doing stuff, but I have no idea. And she was like, how about you just plan things? I was like, okay. Um, so I did. And one of the things I did, I started again was my yoga practice. And that I know personally was a massive one for me. Um, and it's also how I got into coaching years later. So <laughs> fortuitous meant to be. Yeah, I think yeah. that the, I think that that is um, so indicative of how recovery is so not just about the food and the body. That such a huge part of the work is the identity and the sense of self and our passions and our purpose. 
and that if we're just doing sort of the mechanical physical stuff then that's great but there's a reason eating disorders showed up in the first place right and so much of it has to do with self-image and self-worth and how we see ourselves in the world and it's one of my favorite things to do with clients is well let's go to like a pottery class or like let's explore maybe you picking up painting again or doing a bit of creative writing i had a client who loved writing as a child so i would send her a sentence to start a story off and do 500 words with that just kicking you off and then i would get to read it and i was like this is great I've got the best job in the world. I get to eat ice cream with people and read creative writing. <laughs> um, that, I, that's so true. I yeah. keep telling people I love it because I cook. I, I do cook-alongs with clients. I was like, I love this. I was like, I get to cook yeah. and then I get to eat great food. Yeah. And and the hobbies are like the interest thing. I love it. And then you get so updates fun. from people who just, and you see, you know, their lives lit up again. And there's like that fire inside of them that starts burning again. And it's like, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing something. Yeah. And so many of the clues are in even, you know, when people say to me, I don't remember, you know, who I am or what I enjoyed. And I say, let's go right back to the last time you do remember. Did you love, what did you love about playing when you were a kid? Oh, I loved making up stories and, you know, running around with my friends. There's no failure here. Let's just try a bunch of things and see if anything sticks. How did you find out about coaching? You mentioned before that getting back into your yoga practice sort of built that bridge for you. But yeah. how did you find out about it? And when you did, what appealed to you about becoming a coach? What was the calling? So there's two. there are two angles here. Um, the first one is you because I was watching your videos a very long time ago. And when I say a long time ago, I mean like a proper long time ago. Oh, you're an OG. I never knew that. So, oh yeah, yeah. So when I when I was deciding like who to reach out to and stuff, I watched your videos and Katie Morton's videos because you mentioned her to, in one of your videos. Yeah. And that's how I prepped to get to see my therapist the first time. Amazing. So that's, that, that's how I am. I, I, I prepped myself to get yes. there. Anyways, um, so I had heard you mention coaching because by that time, by the time I did the, I did the second angle that I will mention in a second, I had heard you mention coaching and mention Carolyn Costin. But at the time I heard it, and I was like, oh, cool. That sounds nice. You know, whatever um and the second angle so is my yoga practice so like i said yoga was part of my recovery journey and once i got to being recovered i still didn't have that whole oh i know exactly where i'm going what i'm doing etc etc which is normal it's called being human but like nobody (laughs) Uh, does that it looks like it on instagram but nobody does that I do have to have these conversations with people too. I do too. This is normal. (laughs) I did not receive a five-year plan once I recovered. I still have to figure it out. Here is your new recovered identity. Welcome. (laughs) Like it's the witness protection program or something. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So um, it's like, I think it's 2019. I've been recovered for over a year, but I'm still wondering what to do with the those free space in my head mm-hmm. because that was for me the biggest life change was how much free um yeah free space 
I had in my head now. It's like there's no, no extra tenant anymore in there. Uh, it got booted out. It's great. But then I got bored because I'm someone who needs to have stuff going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kept uh, thinking about what, what am I going to do? What am I going to study? And I knew it was something that I wanted to study because mm-hmm. I was like, I've always been like that kind of a person that loves studying and learning and reading. And at first I thought, let's, let's make it something serious, right? Something that's going to be helpful for work or for my career. But I kept looking at things and being like, this does not inspire me. <laughs> and I was working in finance and I was really trying to find something that was going to be like, oh, this looks really good. Mm. Could not find anything. Um, but then I was like, well, there is this yoga teacher training that happens in Brussels. It's over 10 months. It's over weekends only. So I can do it and continue working. And I can kind of like make it my own. Like I'll study this for me, just for me, just because I love it, just because I find it interesting. And I don't know. I'll see. And I remember, so they had an application and they were like, what do you want to do with your degree? And I was like, I don't know, dot, dot, dot. I was like, that's it. I genuinely didn't know, studying for myself. And as part of that 10 month program, we had to write a paper, like um, like year end paper sort of thing. And that essay had to be personal and linked to yoga. And the lead teacher was amazing. She was like, really pick anything that makes you feel alive that is like inspires you and makes you want to write something and i had two subjects in mind one was um feminism related and one was eating disorder related Mm -hmm. and i basically presented the two ideas to my um friends like in the training and they were like, you sound a lot more passionate about the eating disorder recovery thing. And I was like, okay, let's do it. I'll dive into it. And because I do everything a hundred or 150%, I really dove into it. So I read all the research on mindfulness and yoga and how it was used already in certain settings and ta-da, Carolyn Costin popped up, of mm-hmm. course. And I bumped into her name and I was like, I know this name. I've heard someone mention her in the past. And then I saw she had her book that she edited with Joe Kelly, Yoga and Eating Disorders. So I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll read that as well. And I started reading it, read the introduction. She talked about coaching and yoga. Uh, and then I was like, oh, this, this is it. Like I started adding post-its everywhere and I was like, I actually, I even highlighted a bunch of stuff in the book. That's how much I loved it. And yeah, I was sold. I was like, there's no way I'm not looking into this once I'm done with this training. And I reached out to Carolyn. I was like, can, can we chat? <laughs> and she was like, of course. Um, we chat, we had a chat and then I was like, oh, okay. Well, um, my two year fully recovered to be 100% certain anniversary date was still coming up a month later, I think. Cause you know, it's hard to know when you've never looked at it that way. Right. It was the first time I had to actually sit and think about mm-hmm. when can I say I was fully recovered. So I was like, to be safe, it probably is in a month time. She was like, then just think about it for a month, basically for a month. I just obsessed about it. And then uh, once, once I got there, I was like, I'm starting this. Uh, I want this. 
basically everything like resonated within me about coaching. Everything that she kept saying coaching was, was exactly what I wanted out of, like it was, some of it mirrored what a yoga teacher can be. And then some of it mirrored what I would have really wanted to have in my recovery. Mm. And so I was like, whoa, and you can be that person and you can play that role. And I can actually learn to become this human who gives back and uses her own experience and, you know, yada, yada, uh, signed up, mm-hmm. became a coach. And here I am. Mm-hmm. So the lived experience part and being able to use your own recovery to help others, a lot of coaches have lived experience. It seems to be, I think with Carolyn, it's over 95% of her coaches. Is there something specific about being able to use your lived experience that appeals? Yeah. Um, first of all, we call out the bullshit when we hear it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> call it holding up a mirror. Mm-hmm. But we can see through the things. Like I'm like, I, I, I said that to myself. We, we know what this is. This isn't what you're saying this is. Um, we have, I feel like we have, we both do that, but then have so much compassion because we know what it was. And there is no limit of compassion that I can give to someone like as much as I can be like no this isn't this is your eating disorder talking as much as I can do that I say that but with no judgment and so much compassion because I know I know and it's like there's they can never get too much of that and I feel like sometimes and that's what happens when I talk to families or partners and they're like, but, 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 and, and, and I can understand that too, but it's like, no, they, they deserve so much compassion. They're doing so much. Um, so those are the two, like, and they sound like both sides of a coin to me. They, they, they just work together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like, it, it's so useful to be able to be like, oh, no, no, no need to be shamed, ashamed about this. Like I did that. You did that. Most people think that it's fine. Like no big deal. And I feel like sometimes it like takes off a weight off someone's shoulder. It's like, ah, oh, this isn't me. This is, this totally. is actually the eating disorder. It's like, and I, yes. think, I think both things take, you put it so beautifully, like it's a relief for them. Not only the compassion, but the, I see what's going on. And they kind of go, Oh, thank God. Someone else kind of, like kind of called me on it. I can even see an eye movement and go, what's that? What's that? What's that thought right there? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, all right. She's called me on it. We what did you just it. tell yourself there? Like, yes, exactly. Why are you no longer making eye contact with me? <laughs> what does Carolyn call it? Truth without judgment. That is our job. It's the job of the healthy self that we teach, you know, to people that they have that internally, but we model that with, oh no, there's endless compassion, but when we see something, we say something. Like teaching them about compassion can be so eye-opening because they're like, oh, I can't be too nice. It's like, this is is not about being too nice. This is about taking your responsibility at the end of the day. Mm. Like compassion isn't just confetti that you throw over something bad that just happened or a poor choice that you made. It's, oh, okay. Like I can understand. I can like see what the reality is. I'm not a bad human. I just made a choice that I want to make differently tomorrow. Let's learn from it and move forward. Mm. But without the bullying and the judging and the shaming and the insulting internally, but with the, okay, 
that's okay. I'm learning. I'm trying to get better and we can, we can find a way to get there. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love talking about self-compassion. <laughs> yes, totally. It's so life-changing when we realize, like you said, it's not throwing yourself a parade. It's almost even about just reaching a neutral place. I'm not going to judge myself. I'm not going to, you know, shower myself in praise 24 seven, because that means our ego is totally out of control um, <laughs> without any kind of balance. Right. Uh, but it is about reaching, yeah, a little bit more like homeostasis with ourselves. So what do you love about being a coach in the time that you've been working with clients? What have been some of the things that you, that have happened that have helped you to go, yep, yeah, I'm exactly where I'm meant to be doing exactly what I'm meant to be doing. Oh, I mean, so much. <laughs> this, is, this one is a hard one. Um, I mean, any time that I can see a client realizes how much it's not their fault that they're there, but also that they do have it in them to change it. When, once they realize that, you can see how empowered they become. And suddenly everything moves forward more smoothly. And um, that always makes me so excited when I see that happen. Um, I mean, all the little things, all the, I did this and you can see how, how happy they are because they, they did something they thought was impossible. And there we go. We've got proof that it's, it's totally manageable, that it's totally tolerable. And, and again, you can see the, ah, uh, like there, there is something better out there. Um, all the little notes um, that you sometimes receive and I don't, they just touch my soul in, in a completely different way. I mean, I come from the world of finance and I was like, this is better than anything else that has ha ever happened in my professional life is getting a note from someone that says, thank you, or this is how I feel. And it's like, ugh. Um, it just, it brings me to life as well. Uh, it's so rewarding. Um, I mean, having giggles when you cook something and they discover, um, I don't know, some new scale that they thought they could never cook or enjoy this thing. And then suddenly it's fun and, and we're laughing about anything, right? And it's just, you can see that again, they can laugh and they're like, I haven't laughed like this in a long time or whatever, or um, ground, like mindfulness exercises, like helping someone to ground in the moment and to be okay with feeling. It's just, it's a hard one, but then when I see it and I can see how they can find some ease in just being, I'm like, oof, yes. We're, we're again, we're, we're going for, we're moving forward and, and they're, they're in touch again with who they are suddenly like with, oh, it's okay. I can, I can, I can just be, and I'm okay. And I'm not this awful thing or human or, you know, anything that their eating disorder tells them they are, I don't know, like I can go on forever here. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like everything. Yeah. I um, think being uh, able I to like, like, you know, the day-to-day -day thing, like being able to be there, like receiving a text and being like, being able to like cheer them on because they just did something. And it's like, yes, you did. Um, or, you know, someone goes out and they, they do a challenge, but on their own this time. And then they send you the, the, like a picture or something. And then it's like, I don't know. It's like, it, it, it might have been maybe an average day for me, but then I get that text and it's like, yes, 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, I mean, it's, it's a job where we can see that we can make a bit of a difference and out of something so dark and so painful and so potentially, I mean, we're lucky that we're here, right? We're lucky that we had access to the care and the support that we had and being able to turn that really dark part of our personal history into something that can bring good for others. It's just amazing. hundred percent. And it's, it's so, it's such a privilege to be a part of that, you know, awakening for them when they reach out because they've run into an issue or they're getting stuck somewhere. Or like you said, there's a scary thing that we've asked them to do. And then they, go and do something on their own or they go oh not only did I do our challenge but then I did this as well and you're like oh okay the wheels are in motion I am not pushing this cart anymore right they started they start to get their own momentum wouldn't go back I mean I I, I do feel really like you said, honored and lucky and I uh, feel like it's it's an amazing spot to be in um and I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for anything else what would you say to someone who was considering becoming an eating disorder recovery coach and more specifically doing it via the Carolyn Coston Institute where we were accredited? I'm sure there's lots of different things that people need to take into consideration. What would you say to someone considering this career path? Well, first of all, good choice with the CCI. <laughs> um, make sure that you're fully recovered for two years at least um think about it properly like there's a reason that is a condition um and yeah so check with yourself uh, make sure you're very strict with what you look back at um and after that i mean <laughs> it's it's a great choice i wouldn't recommend any other training mm -hmm. um Make sure you know that you're moving into something that is really serious. Um, this isn't like an online training that you can like just like fly through and be fine. You're going to have to put in the work. Uh, you're going to have to go through the books, the extra books, the recommended readings. You're going to have to go through the tests. Carolyn supervises everything. She's going to read through your answers. You cannot like, you know, do this halfway. Um, this is a very intense course for good reason. Um, and I wouldn't change it, <laughs> but you, you, you have to be aware of that. Like this isn't something you can just, you know, kind of do as a side little thing and not really do it properly. Mm -hmm. Um, other than that, I mean, I lo I've loved it. I've loved every second of it. All the coaches are really accessible. I remember feeling like I wanted to chat to a few coaches to have their input on supervision. There's a supervision component at the end where we actually become coaches, but you know, before we have the certification, so we're supervised. That internship is obviously a key component of the entire training and it can be as long as Carolyn deems it to be necessary, which again makes 100% sense. We're going to be working with humans and we're going to have an impact. This is important. We need to be ready for this. Um, and I remember talking to wanting to talk to coaches before then and everyone was so open. Everyone's super helpful. Um, you know, I just like, again, moving from an industry where 
there's more competition than anything. I moved into a space where each time I would ask something, I had five people ready to, to help me out. And I was like, wow, <laughs> this, is, this is nice. Um, I think that's a really yeah. great point, actually. I've never, I've, I've not heard somebody touch on it in that way, but it's so true. There's such a community amongst coaches and having been in this space for almost a decade, there are areas of this field that are deeply competitive and, that's why I've remained fairly insular for like the last five years. And the only thing that I have found, which isn't like that, actually two things, the recovery collective, so collaborative, so inclusive, so about the goal of helping people above all else. And same with CCI. That is the most important thing. There's no space for egos. There's no space for competition in the Facebook group. People are always sharing resources and encouragement and congratulations for milestones. So it's not just an accreditation. There's a community there. I think that, I think that's a beautiful thing you touched on. Absolutely. It's such a bonus, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I remember being like, oh, I'll, I'll try to reach out to a few and maybe one is going to respond. And then everyone was like, oh yeah, let's have a call. And I was like, oh no, now that's too many. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, it's great. Um, I love it. Beautiful. Well, Thank you so much for coming and having a chat with us today. Uh, now, I think that because you are an incredibly highly requested coach in our practice, I have a feeling you might be at capacity. Is that correct? Yep. I'm basically yeah. there. <laughs> uh, and Claire gets a lot of requests. <laughs> uh, and after this chat today, I'm sure it's no surprise as to why. Uh, but uh, we certainly have wait lists for all of our coaches who are at capacity. So don't hesitate to reach out to us if you have any queries about working with anyone at Beyond Body, but particularly with Anne Claire. Um, and just so appreciate you giving your time to speak to the power of coaching, the power of lived experience. This is such a new area and we are kind of on the forefront of it. So being able to put your name to it and a face to it and experience to it, um, I think is going to contribute in a big way to the growth of such an important uh, area. Can't believe that coaching is only just recently a thing. Me either, but thank you so very much for having me today um, and for, well, there's so much I have to thank you for, for your videos years ago, and then for inviting me to be part of your practice. This is an incredible journey, and I feel so lucky that I'm sharing it with you. I mean, your work speaks for itself, um, and you're, I know, making such a huge impact and proud to have you as part of the practice. Where can people come and find you and support you? Where, what are your platforms, uh, Instagram, et cetera? How can people come and find you? So mostly Instagram at path to recovered. Uh, my website is pathtorecovered.com and that's the easiest way to find me really. So Amazing. yeah. All of that will be in the uh, the show notes and description box. So go and show Anne Claire some love and give her some support. Sending you so much love. Sending everyone out there listening so much love. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we will catch you in the next episode. Thank you, Anne Claire. Thank you.